talk wordy to me. How to be weird. Hi, I'm Emily. And I'm Lydia. And welcome to the very first talk wordy podcast. Well, it's kind of like the first official one. Yeah, exactly. There's a mini one. Well, tell, yes, explain. Tell us what's in the well, mini one. Well, we just thought that it would be quite a good thing for those of you that don't know what talk wordy to me has, has never come to any of the events and really doesn't know it at all, that we give you a bit of context and a bit of an intro. So have a listen if you want to, and it'll give you some insight into what we're doing and why we're doing it. The aim is, is that we're demystifying words, words that we were fed up, weren't we? We were fed up of being told we shouldn't feel certain things. And so that's kind of where it started. And you can find out more about why and all the hows as you said on other podcasts one of the words that we picked for this series and season is weird yeah and why weird mostly because it was halloween when we had the live event so you know we do like to theme it yeah that's worth mentioning actually because if you haven't heard of us we have do do this in person in a cafe have a big old chat and then obviously we're now chucking it on a podcast Yeah, it was interesting, wasn't it? Such a mixture. It was really interesting. What became really clear to me in the room was how some words that we talk about and explore as part of Talk Wordy to Me are really specific and people share an attitude and an understanding of them. Whereas Mm. weird just did not have that at all. It just kind of felt like, for me, it felt quite airy. Yeah, weird meant nothing. Weird meant everything. Yeah, Yeah. it was. And hard to sort of tether. Yes. That's sort of what I felt. Well, I think we got there at points I don't know what anyone else who was there felt but it definitely got there at points and you'll get an idea of that yeah so on the night um after the event it was really brilliant because some people wanted to give a little um to share really their thoughts having been in the room and how they then felt about the word and the language and weird um and so yeah em had a little chat and you grabbed some thoughts didn't you yeah and i really like the way that this is now going to be part of the podcast it feels like a little slice of the room there's something special about i think we both felt quite strongly about keeping the room as the room um but it's lovely to have a flavor of that and hopefully if you're listening to this i don't know gets the juices flowing gets a few ideas rather than just the in-depth conversation that we're going to have on these podcasts so yeah that's worth saying we are going to chat to someone that's the main aim of the podcast really is to chat to someone slightly more in depth don't worry it's not just us banging on (laughs) yeah you are released from that (laughs) delight um yeah so yeah chat to someone a bit more intimately a bit more one-on-one about their understanding of the word but i love the fact that we're peppering it in with bits from the night definitely i mean something that we feel strongly about is the fact that we feel everybody has a relationship with these words and so we're really thankful for those that had a chat with us after the events and it's really brilliant to catch that but each time as Emma says we're going to speak with one person that has a particular relationship with the word doesn't mean that they're expert doesn't mean that they um, are bringing anything to it that other people can't but there is some connection that is more meaningful to them that we have seen and and we have approached these people and asked for them to talk to us that's something that we have sort of um put onto them really and associated yeah from our kind of interpretation but also I think it is this thing it is this thing of having the ability to get in a bit deeper like in the room it's amazing a convert you're having basically a conversation with I don't know 38 people which is a really awesome experience and something quite unlike I've ever done but then to go back into something that's a bit more one-on-one I don't know it just plays a different dynamic to it so that person that we've spoken to this time is Phil Horton Phil is the founder of Better Food yes Um, and if you live in Bristol you'll have heard of Better Food if you don't they are a Bristol business and they retail 
organic, ethical, locally sourced food. That seems to be their kind of tagline. Um, and he was doing it. They Well, Phil's been doing it all his life. You all hear more about all of that. But Bet has been running for a long time. And I think that was one of the reasons we wanted to chat to him, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, Better is, you know, I think they have three or four sites across Bristol. And they are so brilliant. We love shopping in there. We go in there all the time. There's cafes. I eat all their food. I drink all their turmeric lattes. I mean, it's not cheap. It's a mini mortgage. I know, I know. But I <laughs> it's cannot... good for my soul. <laughs> it's so brilliant. And so we came to Phil via actually just really enjoying being in these places and there's a wonderful vibe and welcoming feeling when you're in there that's just so sunny and lovely and warm and it was really that that we were like who's behind this because it's great I'm just so chuffed that he said yes absolutely you know you know I think someone who it feels so out of we don't have any connection with him. It's so out of the blue. And actually, it does show. I don't know. I want to share that because I feel that's quite encouraging that if you ask people, yeah. you know, it's I really... And what a conversation. It was such a great chat. Wow, I had a lovely time. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the reason that we thought of him for weird was we were thinking about, you know, people that did things before others. Yeah. You know, the organic thing now is very well trodden. People know about it. They're educated about it. There's a huge movement, a huge support behind it. But Phil was a trailblazer. And, you know, he started really shouting about how important this was before anyone else. And it was sort of at that point as being pretty weird. There's so much behind that in his story. Actually yeah. started at such a younger age. Uh, before we do share uh, Phil's story, though... Uh, how about we share some of your reactions on the night of what you feel when we said the word weird? And believe us, these are real people, not just us doing funny voices. I know, isn't it amazing? Weird. People walking about with like really weird arm movements, a bit like Monty Python's silly walks. I actually think of a group of young people I work with who are all queer and they're so gloriously weird. They just don't fit in. Like they don't um, fit into loads of stuff um, in terms of they don't fit into like what society thinks their gender should look like or how they should present, but they also don't fit in in terms of who they should want to date or how their sexuality should be. Quite a few of them are asexual. They always feel like they're in the minority and I think that's something that I connect with when I'm like oh yeah I'm not exactly like them like I'm different negative things so it would be a bit of a weirdo someone you probably want to avoid but then if I was to think about it I'd be like actually weird means something different something unknown uh, something that we're not familiar with, something slightly controversial, which not necessarily has to be a bad thing, something that can be, like circus acts were described as weird, but actually, now that I've got older and stuff, I love them and I think they're brilliant. I love going to the circus and it's an art form that probably us as adults all wish we could do backflips and swing from rings and stuff. So actually, I think weird is something to be embraced in some circumstances. Well, apart from the cliches, it conjures up... Um normal diversity I would say so we're all weird really or at least everybody I know is weird I um, I've yet to found um, a weird free zone in this world when I first heard what is the topic of the conversation I was thinking uh, I'm not quite sure I actually want to go but then I thought you know if the opposite of weird it's normal then that is kind of positive sense isn't it <laughs> So, because who wants to be normal? 
I definitely don't want to be normal. Oh, I think about the weird sisters from Macbeth. Well, it's just the word weird which connects to the weird sisters, doesn't it? I don't know, but isn't that, it's sort of now sounds a bit offensive, doesn't it, weird sisters? I guess in the 21st century, it feels a little bit, um, perhaps the connotation is that weird is is curious and bad, or generally bad, but um, it's more, more that it's, it's just a little off kilter. I'm all right with that. Interesting, unusual, uh, exciting. I do see it as quite positive because I see it as people doing what they want, which is perhaps not what other people would expect, but I think that's quite good. Self-expression. Weird, unusual, um, the darker side of things perhaps, uh, a bubbliness that comes up and catches you by surprise. Something that shouldn't be, uh, something that we're told shouldn't be, and a space that is prohibited but it's fun to explore. How you define weird is so, like, depends where your base level is, right? So some people will say, oh, this is weird, I'm so crazy, I've done X, Y, Z, and other people would not see that as weird at all. But then you can't judge someone and say, oh, that's really boring because that's not that weird. Um, so there should be no judgment in the weirdness. I think humans are fundamentally weird. When you look at how we are within nature, I mean, look at what we've done with yeah. our consciousness and, and the yeah. planet and all this kind of stuff like we're just bizarre like even like B&Q as a concept like everything's <laughs> weird humans are so strange and weird weirdness is relative you can't judge what someone else's baseline for weirdness weird I mean make of those what you will that shows quite the diversity of the different people and thoughts in wonderful the room wonderful weirdos yeah, yeah. Gosh, and that's just a slice of what we were talking about, wasn't it? It's amazing. Yeah, I love it. It's just such a breadth of different ideas. Hopefully that's got your brains whirring a little bit. Um, right, should we chat to Phil? Yeah, absolutely. We asked him the very same question. First question up was what he thought of the word weird. Extraordinarily different or particularly different. Uh, so different that it, it becomes remarkable, you know, so people make comment um, about it. Yeah. I love that, remarkably different. And it's interesting, this concept of different with the word weird. It's often what comes up, interestingly. I'm interested to delve into that a bit more. What, what is this sense of different that comes with word? Is there something personal for you that sort of resonates with that? Yeah, I mean, I, to be honest with you, weird, weirdness, I, I've, I've not often used the word, but I've often felt a sense of uh, significant difference. Uh, remarkable difference, if you like, from from quite a young age. Um, you know, I can remember even even in primary school, where I was just getting on with doing what I thought was okay, and I've got I got my left hand out and I was drawing or writing, and I was five or six, and this teacher kept on saying, "No, that's the wrong hand," you know. Mm. So even that was like, "What? What do you mean the wrong hand? What's wrong?" You know, because every I was looking around the room. Oh yeah. What's this about? It never occurred to me that, you know, that you had to have a right hand or a wrong hand. Uh, of course, we wouldn't dream of doing that now. But at the time, I was being chastised by a teacher to use the right hand. It's interesting that, though, isn't it? Because it's in relation to other there. Yes, no, isn't absolutely. It? And actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. this we had the event last week uh, around this word, and it came up a lot, this concept. Two of the things you've touched on, actually, this thing of when we're younger often our sense of feeling weird and actually maybe as we get older 
that's that shifting slightly but also this thing that actually the concept of weird often happens in relation to the norm I use inverted commas or the popular opinion or yeah other yeah yeah no I think that's right and so yeah so that was something from a younger age do you think that sort of infused your journey with better food then or your journey full stop that sort of early stage concept of, of being true to yourself I guess and being questioned even when you're a kid about that. Well, I suppose, you know, I, I wanted to be a good boy at the time, so I tried, and I couldn't do it. I kept on coming back, and eventually she gave in, you know. But it did kind of set a, a bit of a trajectory for me. I don't know whether it was partly around that, but I, I was also uh, very late in terms of learning to write and to read. I couldn't get my head around it. It was, you know, I, I loved the pictures, and I, they would really come to life for me. But the words on the sheet, they just didn't mean very much to me at all. And when I was about eight, I suppose, my mum said, I think you might be a bit dyslexic. And again, the school had no idea. They probably didn't even know what the word dyslexic meant, really. So again, you're kind of, you know, you're a bit strange, you're a bit weird. Um, And I guess that really started to shape my sense of, okay, I need to kind of understand what, how I fit into the world if I if I if I am because I can't not reading very well but actually as soon as you get that permission it seems to be all right to be a bit weird so there was a little bit of almost oh I'm a bit weird yeah it's like you're sort of part of the club and also I wonder if yeah the sense of belonging to something or understanding something it's like Maybe you're not alone in that sense of feeling weird. I don't know. Does does that resonate? Well, yeah. For me, I think it wasn't so much the not aloneness as as the pride in actually standing out. Because I came from a family of ten kids. Wow. That Um, must have been a quiet dinner time. (laughs) Quiet dinner time. Wow. You fight for attention. Right. So being different marks you out. So, yeah, okay. I'm different, everybody. Hi. Yeah. Yeah. Call me weird. I don't mind me. Look at me. Look at me. You know, so you kind of get a little bit of attention um, through that. And I think the combination of that big family um, and the weird bits of being left-handed and um, being dyslexic. I mean, we wouldn't think about it now, would we? You know, it's like... I know, it's incredible in that, in that space of time, which is so exciting, yeah, isn't it? It's absolutely. so exciting. Yeah. And having these conversations, this thing of, you know, weird being celebrated mm-hmm. um, and having the privilege to be able to celebrate that, actually, yeah. rather than yeah. feeling shame or all the other emotions that can come with it. But that's so interesting, this concept of it being sort of a badge even from that early age. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it got to a point where I started to feel pride indifference and it really shaped my life is that is that I wanted to be controversial I wanted to stand out and I would make massive assumptions about an argument and undercut it in order to say well I want to subvert this you know tell me more about this well, there's the whole thing because one of the things that I've always felt is that is that I have a really I've, I've not had to learn something that I know really well, which is around food, farming, social justice. There's just something in me which just kind of has a sense of confidence around knowing. And so that kind of that knowing, which has actually been with me for a long, a long, long time, um, was the driving force about, OK, I know this is wrong and I know a way to fix it and I'm just going to do that. 
And when you do that, and people say, what the hell is he doing? You know, that, that's weird. You know, even from, a, from an early age. So when I went into, uh, when I was 16, I moved with my family to, uh, to build a log house and to build a community in Scotland. Wow. Um, and honestly, I mean, I'd worked a bit around farms and, and, and as, as a kid helping out on, on the local farms. But I immediately just found my place as the farmer. Um, in this in this community and I went out and we bought cow and we bought some pigs and we bought chickens and I was just doing it all I'd never you know nobody taught me but I had a, an instinctive understanding of what to do and how to do it and then there was the whole thing of organic this was 74 1974. This was what drew, I think, us to want to chat to you initially, although there's right. already loads of stuff around it. It's like, because at the time, in our understanding, this wasn't something that people were doing in a kind of, I, I don't know, more conscious way, perhaps. It was perhaps something that had been done more because that was how it was done, rather than consciously, I don't know, sounds like returning well, to something. No, or, I, I think there's always been so... Lady Eve Balfour and the Soil Association Foundation in 46 or whatever it was um, that was the first signs of people saying consciously look the way farming is going uh, with chemicals and stuff is not a way that's going to look after our future and our soil and our health so there was a real knowing for those people those founding fathers if you like Um, but in terms of its penetration into society and general um, acknowledgement of this there was very little of it there was very few people around the soil association were producing an extremely earnest uh, brown book uh, magazine called uh, Mother Earth uh, which was very intellectual and kind of beyond me although I did did get into it and start grasping some of the concepts but I was actually practicing organic in 1974, 75, 76, 77, um, through to when I left in in '79, uh, um, very experimental. But that was, the, in a way, that was the, I was kind of pioneering this stuff. Other people were doing it, and I was able to pick up the odd book. You know, my mum was a real; she was like one of the founding mothers, of, if you like. She knew all of this. She'd known about Lady Eve since she was very young. Did they come from a farming background themselves? No, your parents? no, no. Not no. At all. no, no, no so, no. what drew them to the? What drew them to that change? What was the pull well, to them? For my mum, who was the driving force, really, she was a theologian and a community. She wanted the world to be different, and she was a. Uh, an intellectual but also um, had a real kind of spirit for for nature and for um, getting back to earth and so she always had a big garden she cooked all her own bread and wow. cooked us all our own bread um, pretty handy when there's ten of you I imagine <laughs> yeah yeah kind of four, four loaves a day sometimes yeah. you know wow <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh what a woman <laughs> So pretty cool influence to have around you to, to, to support your curiosity and investigation. Yeah, yeah. Well, she initiated it. When I was 14, she gave me a subscription to the Soil Association and wow. for my birthday. And I thought, what on earth is this? Mum, please, you know, really? Give me a comic or give me, you know, something a bit playful. But Amazing. But actually, Feeding in. It, it touched, she knew, and, uh, and I was off. And actually, really, my, my life's trajectory has not faltered from the age of 14 apart from one thing which I was I got really into kind of crazy dancing when I was a teenager 
Great. Um, nothing wrong with a bit of crazy oh, dancing. Oh, no, absolutely. Well, <laughs> nothing wrong at all, actually. I think we could do with a lot yeah, more dancing. I totally generally in life. agree. Um, weird dancing. Yes. Yeah, bring it on, you know. <laughs> you heard it here first, but it's the new adventure. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was the only thing where I had absolutely no support from my folks because I thought when I was. 18. So alongside all this amazing stuff at Lothlorien, the farming and the and, and everything, um, I was also getting very depressed. I was really unhappy. I was really confused. I was a complete mess. Okay. Uh, that was, sat alongside. Yeah, How interesting. So, uh, the, the touching into nature and the farming was my lifeline, you know. That yeah. was what kept me anchored a little bit. Mm. But I was far from safe. I was, I was yeah... I was going off the rails quite a lot. I was right. drinking really heavily sometimes, right. binging, you know, and uh, very depressed. Um, Thank God you had nature. Well, yeah. absolutely. Thank God, and, I mean, really. And, and, you know, one of the things, and as I say it now, my heart just wells up a little bit, is, is nuzzling into the side of a cow every single morning and every single evening. Just that connection with this beautiful animal that you're milking is just so... So gorgeous, yeah. yeah, and it's it's something that I treasure to this day. I'd love to get back to it, but I can't really. It's just not now. Maybe, no. maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we kind of but interrupted. Anyway, yeah, so, so from it was that, just that, there was that dance bit. I can't help but feel movement, and you you share that thing about you know the connection. I don't know, there's such a physicality to that kind of work as well, and it's a dance and maybe a different it kind, is. I can't it help is. but wonder. I think it was very late on before I became conscious of that dance you're talking about with, with nature and that real connection. It was a, it was a doing, um, and most of my, um, my life in, in food and farming and my entrepreneurial drive has been around kind of almost like an angry energy before I'd really sorted out myself so I was still dealing with ups and downs of depression almost you know until about 10 years ago really I mean it's still there it never leaves you completely but um, I, I work with it in a very different way now but before I got into doing therapy everything was around a kind of it was a bit tighter and less conscious and I was just going for it with a kind of, almost with a vengeance. I'm going to change the world. I'm going to make this happen. And it was great. I was going to say, don't you think there's an element of that that served you? Oh, yeah. 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 I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be here today if it hadn't been for that. Because I had this ability to uh, vision an idea and just go for it without blindly, really. No, no consideration, really, for what might happen or what the risks might be. There was, it, I would blank all that out. Well, I didn't even have to. It just didn't, didn't surface. But there's a confidence in that. Yes. It's, it's the knowing that I was talking about earlier. But do you find that was... And again, just hearing what you're saying there about ploughing forth, did that prove any challenge in terms of building what you've built? Because that obviously has great power and strength in order to be able to create something and standing in that confidence of being different, being true to yourself, whatever, whatever concept we want to use. But I, I wonder what the challenge in that has been in terms of people's discourse around your decisions. Are there any specific points in the development of... I think the weird is, is something that you can view in others and maybe part of what's going on when I say, oh, that's weird or they're weird is an element of fear because of difference um, and so I didn't experience my sense self 
as weird. I experienced myself as confident, go get, I'm doing this. Mm. And those that were curious and open would take a hold of it and come with me and be inspired often and yeah this is great this is different yeah well why not yeah whereas there's another world around that that says oh what is going on here no 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 no, no. you can't do that can't do that. you know what i mean it's that absolutely very di- divided so i think yeah exploring the the notion of weirdness is very often it's not the self that feels weird it's the label that others who are slightly wary Fear is maybe too big. No, a word. I absolutely hear you. And again, this concept I can't help but feel, and this concept of other, when we have this fear of other or not understanding, you know, that that instantly kind of gives a disconnect rather than, you know, connecting. Um, even if we're having different opinions or disagreeing on things, or our concept of weird or normal is different, I think what you use there, the word open and intrigue about people who, yeah, were able to be part of what you're doing or were doing. Yeah, that's something that, well, definitely with Talk Wordy, we're wanting to explore this thing of, you know, actually, if we just listen to each other, genuinely listen and have a chat about this stuff, there's a connection. You know, even if there's not an agreement on everything, it'd be boring if we all bloody agreed all the time. But yeah, so bringing that more into now and what you're doing now, Phil, it'd be great just to chat about how that's then developed in the sort of latter part of your life. Yeah, your journey to creating this wonderful little empire, well, big empire, I guess, in Bristol, um, representing yes, those no, roots. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so at, at the heart of everything that I've done, I have really loved and got a real joy out of change. There's something which just stimulates me. I love change. A lot of people are frightened of change. Yeah. Change, change is something that really brings up fear for people. I've also been quite blind to that for other people, the consequences of change. Why, why, just come on, let's just get on with it, this is great. And sometimes you can bring people with you and sometimes people really shrink back and uh, with a genuine fear. And I've certainly been guilty of being, of, of being insensitive to that uh, in the past. But that has enabled me not only to do things like embrace, look, I'm depressed and I've seen this cycle and I need to deal with this. And so I've started seeing a therapist and started doing meditation, started doing yoga and start things that would actually support me, enable me to transition to a place that looked after me and my body, because when you don't do that, your body suffers and you get to 60 and you say, well, my body's really starting to rebel here. Like I need to nourish myself more, look after myself. Amazing, amazing. And that has also enabled me to say, well, what do I want for the future of better food? Because I was the driving energy inside, on the shop floor, if you like, from the front. I was always leading from the front and charging out doing this. Let's do this, let's do this. Sometimes people would get exasperated, but oh, Phil, Phil, (laughs) Phil, just calm down, please. We haven't even got this sorted. No, it's fine, it's fine. Come on, we're going, you know. People say, all right, all right, let's go, yeah, let's go. And, yeah. they, and they kind of love it, but also it's a bit messy behind it. But I wonder if you can have one without the other in a way. Maybe there's more of a balance. Well, that that's, that's the exploration. Because yeah. what I've done in, because that didn't work for me mm. anymore, you know, physically, emotionally, um, yeah, spiritually. Drains you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't, a, it, yeah, it wasn't sustainable really. So what I've now done is recognize that say I need to step back from that place 
I need to stop running my company like that. I need other people to run the company. And so there's a whole big, big thing of letting go. Big now, decision. That letting go be, yeah. as an entrepreneur after 25 years or so of, of running it is quite an interesting journey. And a lot of, if, if you do a study on it, you'll find that a lot of people find this really difficult. Often they don't succeed to, to properly step back. They're more likely to uh, sell the company or something and just do a complete break. Which actually I can understand. Yeah, no, because, absolutely. Because, you know, as you say, I can only imagine from the projects I've run, that separation when you really believe in something and it becomes, I think this is interesting around sense of identity, you know, it becomes such a part of who we feel we are. Um, it's a huge thing. And especially when you see something growing. Yeah. And also, you know, so my plan was to find a, a managing director who could run the company on a week-to-week, month-to-month basis and I would have a big part but as a founder not as a manager and um, so we found Gene and he's been with us for two years and the journey has been about me letting go and him stepping into shoes which are quite significant Mm. and also from a very different place he's a very different character and it needed that so one of the fun things in a way has been although it's not always been easy it has been quite you know reflecting on it i've had to go through a lot of personal growth work to understand how you do this but being able to share that with gene and gene being able to share what it's like for him stepping into those shoes not just at a business level but also at a at emotional level has enabled us to 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 grow organically if you like into a new place um, and, and for the team also, the big change. I'm excited by a business having this conscious way of transition. To hear that businesses are or can take this approach when they've been built from a heart place. There's, there's a consciousness around, I believe, what you have done, what you've shared. Um, and meeting you, I have that sense, you know. And um, I'm really excited to hear that businesses are able or, you know, are trying this way of growth with consciousness, or I don't know if that's the right word. I think it is. I mean, I think there's more and more businesses that are are moving in this sort of direction who are realising that actually we need to to approach our people work, if you like, from a different place, and that it's all right to be... You know, even on telly the other night in Bristol, there was a a thing, I think it was about... um, Is it prisons? Prisoners? It's, it's all right for a man to feel emotional, to feel, oh my goodness, you know. We need like, more of it. We, we damn, do, damn yeah. well do. I think it's really tough yeah. and it has been for a long time yeah. being a man. All that post-war stiff upper lip and stuff yeah. and, you know. And a big believer for Lyd and I, obviously being two women doing this, we're very much like, you know, we're wanting to have our say. And I think a big belief for Lyd and I is that that isn't at the exclusion of men having theirs. Because I think there's a massive discourse, and I hope she doesn't mind me saying this on behalf of her too, there's a massive discourse around women over men. And that, for me, does not work. It's women with men, men with women. We're different, but we can share this stuff. God, I love this, Phil. We're like, this is solving the world. Um, I don't know about that, but it's all its all part of the journey to a better world, for sure. Yeah. And I think there is an enormous amount of stuff. I think we've never lived in such an exciting time. Okay, it's the most dangerous time that mankind has ever faced. Um, but the consciousness around that is rising really fast. 
and I kind of liken it to the tipping point. So we know that climate-wise and biodiversity-wise, we're, we're heading very fast to a tipping point. And what mankind is doing um, is it's coming along towards that tipping point. And, and we're not very good at things until, we, until the, the wall is right there in front of us. And it's like a, a, a jet heading towards a cliff. Can we pull out in time? I think it's part of our hum, human nature, our human DNA, is that when it's a, a slightly amorphous threat, it doesn't really it doesn't really compute properly in us. We, you know, when we were hunter gatherers, threat was oh shit, there's a lion or you know it's right I, there. Yeah, and we, we, there's never been something that that is long distance. Uh, if you take it right back, it's like there was, there was nothing there that you would predict. So we don't have that built into our DNA, I don't think. So I don't think we're going to get there properly until we're like yeah. that. And then I think we might have the, the, the opportunity to do that. I certainly hope so. Yeah, I believe we can. It's interesting as well you talking about that because I wonder as well with you know the rise of mental health or at least people talking about it, this idea of seeing something in the future... I don't know, I feel like a lot of us are living in fight or flight because we're not quite right up against it. We're living in this sort of limbo, whereas actually perhaps in different times it has been much more, you're there, you're dealing with it, you're moving on to the next thing, whereas we've got this sort of thing lurking. And again, I just can't help but obviously bringing it back, but, you know, this thing of there's a rise in the different and actually a different voice being in more mainstream whether it's businesses like yours approaching businesses and well-being like you are as well as your uh, the work you're doing um you know there's i can't help but feel excited by the rise of weirdness or the rise of difference or the rise of absolutely to the point where weird is the norm and weird the new weird is look at those guys still doing chemical farming why is that about? That's weird. Bring it on. Yeah. Bring it on. There, there is a there is a big shift mm. going on. It's a colossal shift, which is so exciting. Mm. It really is. And and going back to better food of where we are now, it was only in the last couple of days that it's come up for me again. Sometimes I don't reflect very much on what, what actually is going on here, but actually it's really special. And I'm so proud of these people and where they're going with this journey. And they're, they're, they're running the company. I'm, I'm just kind of in the background more now. Wow. I'm, not, I'm not even facilitating anymore. It is being facilitated by all these wonderful people. How does that feel? I feel, I feel humbled. I feel proud. I feel delighted. Um, and and the, thing, the point that I was making is that it, it, it gives me a sense of recognition for that difference the weirdness of better food that significant away from the norm in terms of how we run the company what really matters to us and as you say it's it's not only built from the heart but it is a very heartful business there's a lot going on there and one of the things that i think um helps us is is this this sense of how we run it is that it's a it's a subliminal happening you don't walk in the shop and somebody say, "Hi, feel the heart." You know, <laughs> it's terrified. I'd run out. <laughs> I mean, I'm all about the heart, but I'd be like, yeah. "Okay, bye." That's the one level of weirdness. Exactly. That, that will be. <laughs> but I think part of what does happen um, is is that 
the sense of shopping, your experience of being in this place, um, is is nourishing at some level without necessarily knowing that it is. And so somewhere in you think, oh, that was a good experience. I'm going back for more. And so we don't convert people to organic in a way. What we do is we try and have a an environment where it's we feel it's nourishing. We're, we're really promoting really what we think is good food. We're looking after really great farmers um, and providing them with a market and we're really committed to them in terms of our relationships. So it's like mycelium, you know, it's a really healthy mycelium that we're playing around with here. And we're, we're, anybody who is uh, available will kind of, yeah, look, we'll catch it, feel that, you know. But that's exactly the word I was just about to say, feel that. It's a feeling. And obviously there's a hell of a lot that's going on in the background in yeah. terms of practicality yeah, and in yeah. terms of structure and organisation, but it is a feeling. And I think that with all of this stuff, you know, it's yeah. it's sense of feelings. That's what we're designed to be as human beings. We're, we, we feel yeah, and we pick up on that stuff. Yeah, that's what we're about. Um, and our, our customers are just, they're our beautiful community and they keep us on the straight and narrow you know they'll point at us oi what are you doing there and it's like thank you you know some people may say oh well don't criticize us no 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 bring it on you know because we can't we're just people putting putting businesses up there on pedestals you've got to do everything right is is not going to get us anywhere we need to co-create this together you know this big web of community which is why i like the word mycelium because mushrooms and mycelium is just well it's magic also it's a glorious word it's just beautiful yes, to say yes. mycelium it's just magical in its yes. in its sound yeah. actually talking about words um are there any words that you feel that you would like to abolish or you'd like to hear more of like are there words that i don't know annoy you i mean uh yes so there definitely are so great i'll, I'll, I'll start with the, I've really got a list. i'll start with the negative <laughs> if you like please um, which is uh, should must ought need they're all uh, judgmental um, and I would like to replace those with invitations we could we might would you like you know just something that is more open as opposed to pushing you know being judgmental. I literally feel like my heart could explode onto my face. I couldn't have said it better myself. What an amazing selection of words. And then one other word that I really love, um, I don't know why, but I, I, I heard this word in a very different way when I was in a, a meditation uh, retreat and the teacher was, she used this word particular. And there was something when she said it and I started exploring this, and rolling it around my tongue, etc. Particular, particular. It is a good one. It's a lovely word, mm. and 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 it, and it it's kind of goes to the essence of something. You know, it's like the particular point, the particular essence. There's a clarity in it, Phil. You are amazing. I honestly don't think I could have chosen better content if I was to design this. Oh, thank you so much. Well, thank you so much. It's a great honour to do this. It's lovely. Weird. Well, that sounded awful. Yeah, vile. Had a horrible time. You can tell. So glad I was at work and missed it. (laughs) It was, yeah, I wish you'd been there. It would have been amazing to have you there as part of it. It really was, yeah, I just loved it. What an interesting man. And 
honestly, Lid, his honesty. Yeah. I just wasn't expecting so that. So brilliant that he shared all that. Yeah, I feel, yeah, real honour. It was a real honour. So huge thank you to Phil for joining us. Not a bad start for our first podcast. <laughs> Let us know what you think. We'd love to hear your thoughts. This is our first foray into this. So, you know, we want your thoughts to help us shape it, don't we? So Absolutely. we're on Facebook and Instagram. Talk wordy to me, Bristol. Find us on there. One thing I did actually want to say, mycelium. Oh, mycelium, yes. No, I didn't know either. Don't worry. I just if you didn't know, you're not alone. You're not not alone I tried to style it out and then straight in the car and googled it so it means I'm quoting from that famous online platform the vegetative part of a fungus or fungus like bacterial colony consisting of a mass of branching thread like hyphae hyphae basically it felt to me like it reminded me of like a root network like a natural network of root systems cool word though mycelium so now you can know that in the pub quiz you are welcome you know so something that we do in the room after the event is actually have a little think about what we can do to take all this negativity that it's a whole reason why we are discussing these words in the first place and turn them into something really positive and really meaningful outside of the room and have a ripple effect onwards so for weird we uh, we sort of decided in the room that what would be wonderful is when you go to use the word weird, if actually you can think a little bit deeper and use something different, what are you actually trying to communicate? I've already tried that. Oh, yeah. My poor colleagues at work. I was like whipping this one out, old smug. It was really interesting. It provoked a really good conversation. This is what makes me really excited is these conversations don't just need to be in the room or in your own head listening to this podcast. It's like... Yeah, the ability for these to go beyond that. Yeah, you can't just use this language, use this word weird as a get out for when you can't grasp anything else or when perhaps you don't have the uh, tools to be able to communicate what you're feeling. Mm. Try not to use weird, try to use something different. And then it might actually inform the conversation with the other people and you might have a more meaningful conversation. Yeah, I love that. That's a great thing to chuck out there. Chuck that in your mix. So our next one, how to be lost. So why lost them? To be really honest, I was chatting to a friend about the words we were using for the series Mm. and she suggested it and it really resonated. As with so often with these words, there's something that I have my own personal story with and it just made me think of those times and I don't think that feeling lost is a particularly comfortable place. It certainly hasn't been for me. No, I think that it can be for some people but I think that the norm would be that people are uncomfortable with it i'd love to chat to people that were perhaps you know people oh i speak for myself but perhaps i could become comfortable with it Mm. and i'm sure that those there are people out there that have become comfortable through effort or circumstance or whatever but I, i i think it's safe to say that actually most people don't love the feeling of being lost yeah and not sure and Mm. and also the way that it can turn up in work it can turn up in relationship it can turn up in literal physical place yes it'll be really interesting to see if anyone turns up with that experience you know not only just from an emotional point of view but actually physically that feeling of getting lost and how that actually physically feels um i can't wait so come and join us come and let us know what you think um as ever chuck us a note on on any of the socials facebook or instagram talk wordy to me bristol and on there you can find all the details of where we're going to be talking about this more and of course then there'll be the other podcast yeah and uh, what we thought we'd leave you with though is some of the th- with a few of the thoughts from the people that were there on the night talking weird and what their takeaway of the night was yeah brilliant and we'll see you at loss yeah absolutely see you there weird the whole discussion makes it swivel around it's good to hear different viewpoints really enjoyed it and i was going to say to you can we have more than once a month thought stimulating it's really good yeah i'm really glad that someone else brought up the etymology stuff I love that stuff, and I always, especially when there's a conversation about a word, I always want to 
bring that in because I find it really always changes the perspective in a really interesting way. In French and German, the words different. The word there's no sort of obvious, like recognizable transition of weird because it's a strongly Germanic word and it's stayed in this part of the world, in this country, in this language, but it doesn't exist in France. It's bizarre because it's of more Latin origin, and those words tend to be more sophisticated and complex. One thing I found really interesting was that we sort of worked out that the word weird is really old and powerful and then a few sentences later someone was saying oh it's kind of really weak and lazy word and doesn't really mean much and doesn't have much of an effect and the fact that it can have both of those things just shows how wonderful word it is. So you know the bit when people were like I think you become more settled with weird you sit into your weirdness and you feel less weird as you get older I don't think that's happening to me. Well, no, so I was really weird in school and people would say I was weird in school. I did have a group of mates, but I also used to like hang around with all of, all, like loads of different groups, so I didn't really fit into one group. But I think as I've gotten older, there was a bit of time when I was like, oh, okay, yeah, no, maybe I'm not that weird anymore. But now, all of my friends are getting married, buying houses, having babies, and I couldn't be further away from that shit. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't be any weirder than them. Like, right now they're doing all of that really traditional, like, totally cool if, that, if that's what they want to do. But I feel like I'm going in a completely opposite direction to them. And although I don't feel, like, isolated by it at all, it does feel like, oh shit, am I going to get done? Am I going to get to a point where my mates are doing something so different that actually I really don't fit in with them anymore? I don't know. Yeah, I think at, in school it felt more hurty. And now it doesn't, now I'm just like, oh shit, maybe I need some new friends. <laughs> like, no, I love my friends, I still want my friends that I've got, but maybe I also need some friends that are a bit more weird. Weird.